refers to the casino being the house, but it's relevant to every single type of gambling. The odds of winning in most gambling situations are so much lower than the odds of losing. And the odds of losing are really high. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. You know, Cindy, gambling, it's usually harmless fun for a lot of people. It can be a fun way to play a game or pass the time. I mean, who doesn't like to win some money? Yeah, it can be a good way to raise funds too for good causes. When I was doing a lot of fundraising for a nonprofit, I found out that in many states selling tickets, you know, the way you do like five tickets for $5 and then you have a drawing at the end for gifts or for money. I found out that that is considered gambling and it's regulated in many states, which seemed a bit over the top. Yeah, it's a strange thing to consider, but gambling can become a major problem for some people. They just can't stop trying to win. And as a result, they can lose a whole lot of money or even everything. It's so true. When it becomes compulsive, meaning when it's hard to control your impulse to gamble, then it becomes a problem. It becomes an addiction with all of the negative consequences, feelings, and problems of other addictions, loss of money, lying, even stealing. Millions of people require treatment to get over their gambling addiction. It's actually a significant health problem that can have a lot of very harmful repercussions, psychological, physical, and social. It can destroy families, drive people to destitution and crime, and it tends to be progressive. One of the biggest red flags in terms of gambling being a problem or not is if it causes problems in one or more areas of your life, but if you still do it anyway, it's a problem. This is true of pretty much anything. Yeah, the negative consequences of addictive gambling can lead to hopelessness, helplessness, primary sources of depression. In some cases, this can lead to suicide or attempted suicide especially if the person really can't stop and has a ton of shame about it and also has been having financial consequences. Yeah, one of the main symptoms that lets you know your gambling is a problem rather than just fun is the compulsion to gamble that you start to feel. You actually start craving gambling. Right, Cindy, that's how most addictions work. The person starts to feel like they need to do it. In the case of gambling, it begins to affect finances, relationships, jobs. It can affect pretty much every aspect of your life. Difficulties with friends and family can escalate when important events are missed or time is missed from work. And it can start to feel really hard to concentrate on anything other than gambling. Mm -hmm. What starts to happen similar to a drug addiction is that someone with a gambling addiction needs to play with increasing amounts of money to feel the same excitement that gambling brings or brought them in the first place. Gambling can actually alter a person's mood and state of mind, and it has a certain level of excitement built in. Which is how it attracts people in the first place. As someone gets more used to this excited feeling, they keep gambling to achieve the same effect. And they can get really irritable, and they can have a lot of difficulty when they try to control or stop their gambling. It becomes like a drug. They feel like they need it. 
yeah, for people with problem gambling, thoughts of gambling start to interfere in their everyday life. They're thinking about gambling, making plans to gamble, finding ways to gamble in order to feel better, to get that rush. And then of course they're hiding the extent of their gambling. Sure, as the compulsion to gamble takes hold, someone addicted to gambling might keep going back even after losing a lot of money, trying to win it back. And then they start depending on other people's money to keep spending on gambling. Yeah, they might borrow money from someone and lose it and then borrow from someone else to try to make it up. And they wind up digging a really big hole of debt. Which adds to the gambling because they keep trying to win it back and they're sure they will. Yeah. So addiction can happen to anyone and gambling addictions are no different. A lot of people gamble for fun and it can take a while for someone to realize that they have a real problem with it because it might not affect things at first or even for a while. Sometimes someone can even gamble responsibly for fun for years, but a change in their circumstances might lead it to become more compulsive and more problematic. Exactly. Things like job or financial stress, increased loneliness and anxiety, those things can turn gambling from periodic fun to an addiction. Gambling addictions have increased during COVID, as you might expect. If someone has other addictions or what is sometimes called an addictive personality, there's more of a likelihood that they'll develop a gambling addiction. Also having other addictions that lower best judgment might lead to addictive gambling. Retirement or other increased opportunities for gambling can also set someone up to develop problems with it, especially if they wish they had more money and few opportunities to get it in other ways. That reminds me of my mother-in-law who had very little money at the end of her life, but when given the chance, she'd spend what she could on the lottery. We'd explain to her that her chances of actually ever winning were less than getting struck by lightning, but she'd still be eager to play. I wouldn't say she was an addict. She really wasn't, but she felt drawn to it like she could actually win. So many people think that. Yeah. You don't have to call it an addiction, but if it causes a negative impact on any area of life and you keep doing it, it's a serious problem. Yeah. I don't think hers was a serious problem, just to make it clear about my mother-in-law, but it's so easy to go down that slippery slope. Oh yeah. No. I mean, a lot of people buy lottery tickets and, yes, they and do. sometimes people win. So <laughs> Very, less Very frequently good. getting struck by lightning. <laughs> yes. Don't go buy lottery tickets. <laughs> it's not necessarily even how often you gamble or how much you lose that defines whether it's a problem or not though. Some wealthy people have lots of money to play with and they like to play. They play with amounts they can afford to lose and they play for fun. Right. Other people can gamble only occasionally but they gamble to win and it can become a binge that's hard to stop, sort of like binge drinking. Maybe they rarely drink, but when they drink, they get obliterated. So part of the problem is that oftentimes people do win before they start to lose or they win now and then, but it usually ends with great losses and the emotional and financial toll the binge gambling takes are the same as for someone who's busy gambling all the time. Well, and as we know, as psychologists, the winning now and then is like intermittent reinforcement the worst kind. Mm -hmm. The strongest kind. Yeah. So there are so many different ways to gamble too. There's surely something that can appeal to anyone. There's casinos, the lottery, horse or dog racing, card games, sports betting. All of them can be fun. Yeah, if not ethical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the dog and horse race, whatever. Oh, and all yeah. of them can be problematic. The less you know about the method and the more risk that's involved, the easier it is to become addicted to the win. If you don't really totally understand what you're doing, you're gambling. 
You have to have a ton of knowledge to overcome the odds of losing. And how likely is that? And a lot of it is luck. It's, I mean, you could have all the knowledge in the world. People make a living out of trading investments for other people. That's a different kind of sort of gambling with educated guesses. But I see some of those people in my practice. Their anxiety is super high and sometimes gambling issues creep in. Even so, it's not that good traders never lose. It's that they're in it for the long haul and they work with trends over time. So it's a bit different. It is. It's not so much of a high, you know, from suddenly winning. Um, they don't have to win every time, but they do have to manage losses and they have to limit any damage so that, you know, their customer's overall portfolio looks good and brings them a profit over time. People who gamble are playing to win and often can't change direction once they're going down the wrong path. It's not like you can sell off stock. No, you're gambling. You just, well, I didn't win that one, but if I try again, I can win the next one. So they kind of compulsively keep trying to win. And now I just heard of a gambling app where you bet on yourself to walk a certain amount every day. What? And yeah. And the same company makes a betting app for losing weight. It's called Step Bet and Diet Bet. They have you setting a weight loss or activity goal and you make a bet. If you reach your goal, you split the pot with whoever else put in their money and made their goal. And if you didn't make it, you lost whatever you put in. I guess that's proof that almost anything can be turned into an opportunity to gamble. Sure. And for a lot of people, this can be fun and motivating. Though exercise, dieting, and gambling all have the makings to become unhealthy compulsions. Oh, yeah. Almost anything can be if you overdo it and lose control, you know? <laughs> so another one is, I've noticed a huge increase in ads on television for gambling apps. Usually it's a famous guy or a beautiful woman telling the viewer that they can win big and the first bet they can't lose no matter what. It's like every other commercial is for gambling, especially if you're watching a game like football or basketball. Every other ad, it's really disturbing. It really is. The advertisers are playing to their audience and clearly gambling has become much less regulated than it used to be. Right. Another relatively new way to gamble is through cryptocurrency trading. Most of us know cryptocurrency as Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the best known cryptocurrency, but there are many and they keep developing new ones. I have really tried hard to understand how it works, but it is really kind of beyond me. Me too. But tons of young people are getting into it in high risk trading for potential digital riches, which is problematic on so many levels. This seriously might lead to gambling addictions in a lot of young people who think getting rich will be easy just by sitting on their iPhone and playing around with digital money. Yeah. When I first heard of it, I don't know, like 10 years ago or more, it sounded ridiculous. I didn't understand it and I didn't try to. It felt like a gimmick, you know, or a way to manipulate people. I did not imagine it would end up mainstream, which tells you that I didn't invest in it. So I'm not a billionaire. Just <laughs> And now it's very popular because it seems like a more fair and democratic alternative to our current unfair and exploitative financial system because it's not yeah. regulated. Yeah, but I have no idea since I can't really understand it if that's even true. It is alluring and scary that Bitcoin is unregulated and is not centralized through the government or anything. One sort of ugly thing, though, is well-known athletes and celebrities are on Twitter shouting out about their crypto investments on a daily basis. Their social media posts make the experience even more exciting and being part of a whole group of people who are crypto gambling makes even losing fun at first. 
Yeah, and I think some of those celebrities and athletes actually are using their fans as a way to make money, which is kind of grotesque. Mm-hmm. I'm sure for a lot of people, it can be fun to go through the ups and downs together to be part of this club, this mainstream, taking risks together, identifying with the famous people. And I'm, I'm sure it's fun. There can be a lot of peer pressure to play along to like, and this is true for some of those ads. You're not a man if you don't take risks. Yeah, it's hard because you'd also hate to see everyone else get this big windfall. And you were the skeptical dope who ends up with nothing because you didn't put up your 20 bucks. Um, that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This is one of the types of gambling that has increased as people are home too. isolated pandemic. If it's limited and fun, that's one thing. If you play to win big, that's when you get into trouble. Because here's the deal. The house always always wins. (laughs) This usually refers to the casino being the house, but it's relevant to every single type of gambling. The odds of winning in most gambling situations are so much lower than the odds of losing. And the odds of losing are really high. So while some people might win very big, the odds of that happening are super low. Right. Some people believe that because cryptocurrency is not regulated, there is no house. So it's not rigged in the same way. There might be some truth to that. I mean, it's still set up so that the odds of anyone making a killing is very, very small compared to the odds of buying in and losing your money. Which a lot of people have done. Yeah. Unfortunately, by the time someone seeks the help they need, if they do have a problem with gambling, multiple aspects of their life might already be impacted, often including their relationship, financial and legal issues, as well as work-related challenges. And gambling, like other addictions, people don't necessarily realize when they're in the throes of it. But one rule of thumb is if you keep asking yourself if gambling might be a problem for you, that's when you should seek out professional help. That person can help you determine the extent of it if there is a problem and what you can do about it. Good point. Individual therapy and our group support can be important as well as some medications that can target the symptoms that sometimes go along with problem gambling, like the depression or anxiety or even mood changes. And often it's important to stay away from the places or even the people who can trigger that desire to gamble. There are often self-help groups for both the person with the problematic gambling and those who are close to them. Yeah, family and friends might need support to set boundaries, especially financial boundaries with the person they love who is gambling away their money. Yeah, setting boundaries without anger too and without judgment is important because the person needs support, not scolding. Absolutely. If you or someone you care about has a problem with gambling, you can get confidential support. 24-7 through the National Problem Gambling Helpline, and the number is 1-800-522-4700. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Until next time, take care.